Hello, everyone, and welcome to the live Tuesday night podcast. Woo! Oh, man. That's why I hate Justin, because he's always late. Yeah. You can't tell this, because this is a podcast, but Justin is a person who's always late. <laughs> yes. Clearly. People at home. You know what else you can't tell in the podcast? How crowded and full this room is. It is. It let everyone at home know how crowded and full this room is. I'm totally humbled because I think I might cry because, uh, yeah, there's just no room. There's people. Thank you for standing room in the back. I appreciate that. Tell the fire marshals that we'll call them back. Yeah. Can you uh, slow down the teleprompter? Wow. This is cool. I should say that uh, I am the host of the Tuesday Night Podcast. My name is SBJ. Everyone cheered except my girlfriend. <laughs> this is brutal. No, not you. <laughs> uh, next to me is part of the Tuesday Night Games. His name is Sean McCoy. Hello. Hey. Wait, wait. Did I Cut hear a boo? Out. Did I hear a boo? Security. That was awesome. <laughs> Although now I'm nervous, because I'm next. Our bouncers in the back are pacing. Oh, we're worried. Uh, and at the end is Alan Gerding. Hey. I purposely say your name wrong. From Cleveland. From Cleveland, yes, yes. the only fact you know. We are, we are a podcast about board games, tabletop games, games you can play on or under your table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which we do quite frequently. <laughs> this is... It's awkward hearing responses to our comments. <laughs> Usually we just have to wait to read them later on. So up to this point, we've recorded two Gen Con specials. Yeah. Uh, we start, they're terrible because we did them at like 11 p.m. Mm -hmm, at night. Mm -hmm. And so we talked about some games. We had some cool people on, like the designer of Dead of Winter, Isaac Vega. That is correct, yeah. You guys like Dead of Winter? Yeah. yeah, I'm pandering. Everybody likes Dead of Winter. It's <laughs> pretty good. Uh, yeah, so we had some specials on there. A little rougher. This will actually probably... I don't know how this recording will turn out, but we'll find out. But let's just jump into things and talk about what we've played at Gen Con. I know Sean probably played nothing. Ooh. That's right! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk about one thing, my bucket list moment I was just telling Alan about. It's it here. wouldn't be a Gen Con night if I wasn't talking about Maze of the Blue Medusa again. The Mega Dungeon supplement that I bought my first day here, and I've been doing nothing but reading and taking meetings ever since. It's been adorable when I have to sleep next to this guy at night. I'm just up there. He's got the light book. on, and he's just constantly reading it. In his... Five more minutes, man. Can, yep. I feel so. You've been you've been. This has been your baby all weekend. All weekend. But into... why why would I get this instead of a D and D book or the um, the a million other books that are out there? So like. One thing that's a huge problem in both role-playing games and board games is there are two industries that could be greatly helped by graphic design and information design, and they're largely ignored by graphic designers and information designers. Rulebooks are unorganized, graphics and uh, icons are unclear, that kind of stuff. Um, but this book is really well formatted, organized. You can run it at the table. Uh, the tables and everything that you roll on in here are redundantly sort of printed page after page after page. Well, Zach Sabbath, the, uh, the artist and one of the writers of the book, was here today signing autographs at the Lamentations of the Flame Princess booth. And I went there and got him to sign my book, which nice. was awesome. And I'm a huge fan of this guy. I was telling Alan, it's like when Alan met Quinns and Paul Dean and yeah. Michael Fox and the Board with Life crew. Trying to play it cool. For the first Damn. time. <laughs> and I was talking, I'm like, oh my God, I've learned so much from you. You're such a great thing for the hobby. And he was really sweet and graceful. And then he said, do you use a... Um, 
GM screen. And I said, no, 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 I just used two binders. And I looked down and he's drawn what looks like a, uh, I'm trying not to use any derogatory words, but. I mean, it's our podcast. You that's can use true. whatever you want. Sort of like a misshapen, flat, mongoloid-like creature here with two binders near him and a part in his hair. And so it's a little drawing of me, super sweet. Uh, but that really made my day. He was like, all right, here you go, Sean. I was like, oh, God, oh, that's me. <laughs> here I am in the book. I look like, you know, one of those frog babies that becomes sentient and starts stalking the sewers. Oh, one of those, yeah. But yeah. that, but that, can, but that really? can comb his hair. Sure. Have so, you, so have you actually played a game yet? No, I've just been reading it in my room while Alan's been trying to sleep. I okay. do want to point out that Sean showed up wearing a shirt that says, Zach Sabbath, save D&D. And, uh, so I've pretty much bought into this Oh my this god, his name deal. is on this book! Yeah! <laughs> yeah. What did you... What are you wearing for the listeners uh, at home? I wore a Pokemon shirt, it's but it, it's my other, it's my better podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to disagree. Not going to disagree. A lot of the B team members in the audience are yelling right. at that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, know. Yeah. they know. In fact, uh, who's here because they heard of this podcast through It's Super Effective? Just shout. Shout. Yeah. 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 There's, there's some H people here. Hardly anybody. <laughs> hardly anyone. Listeners at home. Hardly. Who's here because they heard of us through Shut Up and Sit Down? There you go. Oh, look yeah. at that. Look at that. This is Calm so, down. Calm down, everyone. Security. Uh, yeah. And um, who's here because they uh, work at our booth and we required them to come here? Yeah. <laughs> That's what uh, I'm talking about. It's so obvious they're wearing the red Tuesday night game shirt. The worst plants. Yeah, the worst plants. Yeah, you guys should spread yourself out a little bit more to, for acoustic reasons. Alan, did, did you do your homework and play the games that you talked about? I did. I did. So, uh, so <coughs> if, you, if you're not caught up in the podcast, we all picked... It's popping. We all picked uh, three games that we wanted to see and play at Gen Con. I played two of those three. You did the book. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you did the other two. No, Seafall was one of yours. Seafall was out. Seafall was out. And then Still could have played it. Still could have played it. And Alan had three. So what were your three? Um, my three... Uh, oh, geez. Uh, one was uh, Pandemic Cthulhu. Okay. One was Beyond Baker Street. Yep. And the other one was the one Kung on... Fu. No, no Kung that Fu was mine. Yeah. yeah, the other one was cooperative as well. Shoot, what was it? Dang it, I'm on the spot. Edit this out, SPJ. All right. Um, I'm editing right now. All right. Uh, I don't remember what the last one was. Dang it, but they're all co cooperative. And I think the last one was the one I was really excited. Oh, Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. Toll Rick off. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I've got a story about that, too. Uh, so of the ones I got to play, I guess I'll be honest and say none of them. <laughs> but I was right. able to go up and do research. So I was looking over people's shoulders and waiting in line. And a little thing about me, really hate lines. I know that's really unique to Very me. Impatient. Yeah. yeah, other people just rave about them. Yeah, I know people really go for it. So instead, I just sat for the game that was open and no one really wanted to play. For so Rick and Morty. For Yeah, this is why I have like Aquarium for Z-Man games, because both uh, Pandemic Cthulhu and um, the Beyond Baker Street is Z-Man games. So while I was waiting for my spot there, I was like, all right, I'll just play Aquarium. So I played Aquarium, y'all. Yeah, woo. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. What is it? What is it? What is Aquarium? It's, it's like a tank with fish in it. Yeah. Do you, you want to elevator pitch Aquarium? 
Uh, or sure, or I is can it do not that. is it not worth our elevator ride? Uh, it's we can make it worth our elevator ride. I'll do my best. All yeah. right. Yeah. So I'll if you've that. listened to our podcast, we do a one minute pitch, not to explain what the game is, but more so to sell you on the game. So at the end of the elevator, you either want to get it or you don't want to get it. And to make the elevator ride more interesting, mm-hmm. the person who's pitching it has to be somebody. So we're gonna put this on you guys. Who should Alan be to pitch this game? Randy's old Randy <laughs> oh. old we got ourselves a Tuesday knave. Mm-hmm. Look at that. What else I hear? Did I hear Tiny Rick? Tiny Rick? I'm Tiny Rick. Well, somebody over here said something. Rick and oh, Rick, Rick, from and Rick and Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. That's good. Oh, oh man. You do a good Randy Savage. Yeah, and my throat is Gen Con sore, so I'm gonna die after this. So, all right, if let's I do, do this. Huh. Uh, 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 for the just I'll adding a visual, I'll, I'll yeah. edit that out. Yeah, edit that out. All right, which one of those should I do? Probably mm. the proctologist. Proctologist. All right, so Randy Savage at the proctologist. All right, I'll ding you, and Sean is a master of elevator music. That's true. With Logan, Logan's in the audience, but man, that was amazing. He's not good enough to be up here, though. All right. <laughs> Jeez. You think about that. Um, <laughs> all right, total improv experiment. I think I'm ready. Uh, ding me, SBJ. Ding. Oh yeah, brother. I'm not sure if you like collecting fish, but I do. Oh yeah, and I like to get my oh me some collections of fish. I like fish of different colors, and I like fish of all different sizes. Oh man, but here's the thing: uh, the other players can change what I'm buying. So I may be buying one fish, but they may screw me and make me buy some seaweed instead. Oh, <laughs> oh brother, this is getting really painful, and this game's kind of painful too, because you can really give it to someone like you're giving it to my rectum right now, brother. Oh man, I think that's all you need to know, because at the end of the game, you gotta feed your fish, so you may be winning, but you gotta, oh. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Thank you. I was picturing you in that elevator, like, during the, and it just added this whole other element that, like, this guy's just giving you this quick exam in an elevator. Yeah. There's two people from Gen Con in there, like, you guys like games? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, that was good. Oh, you think so? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I don't think I told anything really about the game, except if you like fish and you like screwing people It sounds over. like you didn't like it. Um... I didn't hate it. Uh, I, I think uh, I'd, be, I'd be willing to play it again, but it's definitely a take that thing. And if you know me, it's, it's kind of one of those things like, oh, thanks, Sally, for just totally ruining my sure. turn or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you kind of have to plan your actions out. So, like, there's something up at shop, and it'll be a certain color of fish, and you're trying to gather sets of fish that stay mm. in front of you the entire time. And you either say, like, pass or buy, and if you're going to buy it, what people can do is then they, the other players play a card and it can make it more expensive, make it less expensive, add more fish that you're buying. And the good thing is you can say like, well, I'm not going to buy it anymore. So you just kind of lost your turn if you say I'm not going to buy it because maybe they made it too expensive or whatever. But uh, it's a surprise. So basically you could be going in, oh, I really want that. And one of the cards is switching fish around. 
So that's kind of a broken card in a way that it's more powerful than all the other ones because all I have to wait is for someone else to have a fish that I want, that they're going to buy, and then I play this card and then I just switch switch the fish that I don't want with their fish, and there's nothing they can really do about it. But anyways, to me all the time when I'm shopping for fish. Yeah. Spe speaking of fish, yeah. this is a transition. I played probably the best game at Gen Con. No joke. The best game at Gen Con. What was it? What is I it? found it. It's called Happy Salmon. You wow. son of a... Yeah, you guys know. They all know. Have you played this, Alan? Do you know about the salmon? I know about Happy, I know about happy Salmon. Yes, I do. You sound not excited over there. Yeah, there's reasons why I'm not excited. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a solid game. Yeah. Because it might be yeah. similar to one of your games? Yeah. Yeah, you know this. Oh, I do, I do. Yeah, I do. yeah, thanks. For, so well, it was your favorite game at Gen Con so far, yes? Uh, yeah, I think so, so far. Yeah? Okay. So far. Well, I've bought other games, I just haven't played them yet. This is the, my favorite game I've played, played so far. It looks solid, and I'm confident that the game Woo Wee, which you can download for free online on our website, is different enough that you can actually enjoy both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's one of those things that when Happy Salmon came out, I thought, man... Everyone's going to say, oh, this is like Happy Salmon, and Woo Wee, I've been pitching Woo Wee to publishers before I even met this guy next to me named Sean McCoy. It's one of the reasons so, I fell in love with him, Woo Wee. I was like, woo -wee. oh, Woo Wee, i got to get in bed with this guy, and mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. he keeps mm -hmm. me up at night reading Maze of Blue Medusa. But anyways. <laughs> For yeah. our listeners, I don't, I don't know if this is an elevator pitch because I'm just going to explain the rules of Happy Salmon. It, you have a deck of 12 cards, and you, the cards either say, like, high five, fist bump, Happy Salmon, which is this thing. You slap each other's elbow pits, basically. If you're a professional or, NBA player, you know what that is. Right, yeah. Or, or switch places. So you're quickly looking for somebody who you could fist bump or high five or do the Happy Salmon. And then you're right. trying to get through your deck before everyone else. And then whoever's the first one to have no cards in their hands wins. And it's like a $10 game and it's super simple. And I almost lost my voice just screaming, high five, high five, high five. <laughs> And I got all the high fives. <laughs> a boy. Uh, yeah, so I played Happy Salmon. I ended up playing a home that's not uh, a home. A game called Dream Home that's not yet released. It's coming out in quarter four from Osama Day. Osama that's pretty Day. high up mm -hmm. on the hotness on BGG. I know this because I had to wait for an interview for BGG. And they keep on rolling on their overhead display the hotness list. And, yeah, that's up there. I think it's, like, number nine or something I like that. I played it, and it reminded me of Machi Koro. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Except no dice and not as good. Okay. Uh, All right, well, it's, wow. it's sold. <laughs> it, it, was, it was a solid game. I don't want to do it a disservice. It was, it, I enjoyed my time with it, but at the same time, so why I like Machi Koro so much is because there's always a moment where you put all your eggs in one basket and then when you roll the dice to make that happen, it's really exciting because that was your gamble. Right. In Dream Home, there's really no gamble because you're just putting living rooms or bathrooms or kids' bedrooms in your house. So it's not like when a card flips and you're like, finally, I got the garage. Like, that's just not ex as exciting as like putting everything into fish markets in Machikoro and then finally rolling like on 11 for that to happen. There's a FaceTime call happening. Yeah, it's because... <laughs> he pussied out. Yeah, it's, it's because I accidentally FaceTimed Paul, Paul Dean. Dean while he was doing his, his podcast. Pranks so, yeah, uh, I also played Box of Rocks, 
which oh. Lindsay talked about last night. Yeah. I ended up <laughs> I ended up beating the rock. Yeah. Nice. Which made You're me so feel all right. Smart. Yeah. Uh, what was really cool about Good their for you. What was really cool about their booth yeah. is behind I was right. Behind behind the booth there was a counter saying how many times the rock has won and how many times people have won Ooh. and the and it's like at like 14,000 wins for the rock and like 12,000 wins for people. That's not so good. So well, rocks are definitely smart. What's the company? What booth? I have no clue. Oh great. All right. But they said Gen Con only $10. Oh. Whoa. Oh. I could pay I mean, $10 like, to find out if I'm an idiot. Let me rephrase that. They're only selling it at Gen Con. They made it seem like Oh, wow. Um, kind of like us. Right. You can only <laughs> buy a Gen Con. It's a lie. Haywire Group. Haywire Group. Hey. Did they make Thank anything else, much. Alan? Have you heard of them? Haywire Group? No, I have not, actually. That's... $10 right. Oh, hold up. It's $10 or two Breaking for 20 Breaking news. <laughs> it's $10 or two for 20 Alan, do you play anything else? I have like one more game I can yeah, talk about. Yeah, uh, I actually got to play some Parsley games, which is a huge throwback. Uh, at Parsley games, it's like parser-based games, but they named oh. it Parsley games. And I have all of them at home. It's from Jared Sorensen. Have you guys played these before? You guys know what I'm talking about? It's basically things you wait in line, and you know the old classer, classic parser games like um, Zork? where it's just like a blinking parser on your screen and you type like go west or whatever. It's that, but it's just someone has a GM cheat sheet in front of them and you're in line and you just basically tell someone what they see and they can say go west, go north, and they can pick up objects and you just basically do it. And it's cool because... Super cool. Yeah, you just do... Like, we could even be doing it right now if we wanted to and... Uh, action a tree. It's it's a uh, action castle was the first one and they have a whole bunch but yeah I got to you play have it. a ton of these you showed me when we were I have them all and apparently he's making them. a new one yeah 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 uh, and the thing I'm really excited about I didn't get to play but I heard about uh, is the experience has anyone heard about this maybe I'm not supposed to announce it it's it supposed to be like a show on ABC breaking news if you're not supposed to announce it the experience yeah I I don't know because it's one of these things that uh, it was whispered to me basically Ooh. from an industry insider like the best game here is the hardest one to find and that's the point and it's the experience and I went to the booth where it's supposed to be at and it's actually an empty booth so I don't know what that's about so I feel like Somebody's someone just pulling, just pulling the a joke game on, on you yeah exactly exactly so uh, and uh, Game of Phones. Did I already say Game of Phones? No. Uh -uh. No, and Game of Phones. Have you, any of you heard of Game of Phones? Yeah? One person sort of Game of Phones? Game of uh, Phones. So far, you're like zero for zero. I know, I know. People. I'm really striking out. Hey, I'm tr I think I'm winning in that way. Like, if I can find a game people haven't heard of, hey, that's, that's cool. Super hipster. Yeah, super hipster. Game of Phones is by, like, uh, Breaking Games. They add magic. They have, like, uh, you know, Billionaire Banshees, mm -hmm. one of the games, whatever. But it's basically these challenges and if you can do the challenge better than someone else you get the card and if you get enough cards you win but the challenges are all phone based so it's a game for instance we could even play it right here in fact why not all right. um, one yeah. of the cards i remember said whoever has the most apps on their phone wins this card who thinks they have the most apps on their phone Go ahead and check it out. That's that's one of them. Oh god, this is gonna take forever. All right, we got some. Boom, we got stall, stall. Well, how about this? I can give. Oh, <laughs> I can give another challenge while you look up that. The other challenge is. You think you have the most? Three hundred and one apps on your that's phone. That's too many, sir. Let me ask you. How many of those three hundred and one apps do you use? 
Seven. You could use like one a day for a year. Uh, that actually doesn't add up. But anyway, so... Uh, uh, anyone beat 301? Anyone beat... What's 325? Three? That's like one a day for a year. <laughs> There's no way we can verify that unless you pass up the phone. You don't have to. We're just gonna... Why would you lie? There's nothing here to gain except the attention you're getting right now. Um, the other is... Here's, here's a cool one. Uh, so find, like, bring up a shopping app if you can, and whoever can fill their shopping cart with just five, five items and spend the most money. Obviously, don't actually buy the stuff, but if you can buy five, and they can't be the same item. You can't just find one item that's the most expensive. But if you can do that, let us know, and we can do that challenge. This isn't a new game, though. This sounds familiar. It's not a new, none of these are new games. It's oh, just okay. one I came across that I hadn't seen before. I was like, oh, Game of Phones. This is kind of cool. So that was one of the challenges. Uh, and another one of the challenges was contact someone who's not playing the game and convince them to send you a picture of what they're doing. And then whoever can do that first and it's a convincing picture of what someone's doing, then they win. But yeah, that's Game of Phones. Yeah. Are you guys, anyone actually doing the shopping thing? They sell that. Game of Phones? I Dang. They sell it at Target. Oh, ooh, ooh more water. Thank you, sir. It's good to be. Yeah. At Target has the uh, exclusive new Machi Koro. You can only get it at Target. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yep. All right. So it's a Target thing. Yeah. Really quick, Total Recall story. So uh, yeah, let's hear it. I went to play Total Recall, and they said, uh, "I said, do you have any copies?" He said, "We're sold out for today." but we're selling them every day, come back tomorrow. And this is at Cryptozoic. I was like, cool, how much does it cost? And they said, $40. And I knew because when we did our podcast, I'd looked up on Amazon, I was like, what? So sure enough, right there at the Cryptozoic booth, I went into my Amazon profile, looked it up, and $15. So I bought it right there and then I was like, all right, well, this will be waiting for me when I get home You're for $15. You're killing the industry. I'm killing the industry. <laughs> killing the retail, I guess. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but man. I ended up uh, finding a game we talked about last night called Ice Cool. Yeah, it looks mm -hmm. awesome. It does look really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> number six on the hotness list. Was it number this, six? On the, as of this afternoon, yeah. Logan's ahead of the curve. Jeez. Logan. Yeah, well, so. I mean, it's kind of, he casts a really wide net, so I don't think that's really fair to say. Considering, I bought all the games. Yeah. <laughs> Except Seafall. Except for Seafall. So, I don't know if I would have ended up buying Ice School because they, well, they sold out. That was the first problem. It was $40. But there's like, let me start this over. <laughs> <laughs> Words. I'm not sure what the major difference or how much fun I would have between Ice Cool, Flick 'em Up, or Catacombs, because they're all kind of going down oh. that same path. And I, at, so far, I own two of the three, and I don't really play the first two. Which is your favorite of Catacombs and Flick 'em Up? I think Flick 'em Up, just because of the theme. What's the theme of Flick 'em Up? It's like the Western, like cowboys. Oh, okay. And, yeah. Right. I, I heard the experience has flicking mechanism in it. The Thank game you. that doesn't exist. <laughs> it, I'll f I'm, you know what, after this podcast, I'm not going to go to the Cards Against Humanity party, and I'm going to find the experience. You should, man. I will. Wait. The exhibit hall's closed. Damn it! Yeah. The experience was in you all along. All Thanks, along. Sean. Sean, what else have you been doing? Besides, you have this one book. That's all you ever talk about. You oh, know? yeah, yeah. It's when been, you have this one book, you don't need anything else. It's been three days. That book is the Bible. 
been three days. You have you had to have done other things. Yeah, I bought other books. I bought The Cursed Chateau <laughs> from Lamentations of Flame Princess. This has gold printing on the inside. It is just gorgeous. Look at this thing. Ooh. Yeah, it's an audio podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm asking you to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, picture the color gold. Wait, wait, wait. What is this book? Is this like this? Yeah, it's another role-playing book. But is this like this? It's way thinner. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's shorter. So, You, re- you read a lot, I can tell. <laughs> I, li- I like the shortness. I want to talk can you, can about... Can you elevator pitch me this book? Because I'm kind of sold on it just because it doesn't look as intimidating as your other book. I can't elevator pitch this. I just bought it because it was one of the only things I didn't own already by them. You just don't want to elevator pitch. The best thing about this is the smell. That's more podcasting gold for you. It is, seriously. If you guys want to smell this, I don't know if Sean will let you. <laughs> yeah, you exclusive after the show, Smells you can smell free. these Right these here, books. Yeah. podcast live. Any, anything else? Besides? Shut up and sit down won't do that. Speaking of shut up and sit down, I was at their live podcast today, which was oh, not, how did not, it wasn't as big as this one, I can tell you that. Boom. We're just, we're just booked. <laughs> People as far as the eye can see. They picked their Gen Con game of the year. Ooh. What was it? What do you think it was? Two rooms uh, and a boom. Uh, junk art. No. Wait, no. Captain Sonar? Captain Sonar, Oh! Yeah. I get to high-five this guy when we're so, actually live. So we're excited because Alan and I and some other people were the, the people that played Captain Sonar with Shut Up and Sit Down. Yeah. So that made me feel like... They, they picked you. We they picked me. We won. Right. Mm-hmm. We won. They enjoyed Captain Sonar, and they must have enjoyed the people they played it with. Right? Yeah. Sure. I'm wondering if we should rename our podcast from the Tuesday Night Podcast to the podcast about Shut Up and Sit Down's podcast. It's like we're becoming an opener for them. You right. Know, like, we'll come out, make them look good, and then go back and hit on groupies. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. <laughs> has, has anyone played Captain Sonar or seen it? I, is this number one on the hot list? I feel like it is, though. No, it's not. I was really surprised. I think it was in the teens, though. The so teens? It was in the teens. It okay. wasn't like number two or eight. or. We, yeah. haven't, we haven't talked about Captain Sonar. Uh, we, we, didn't we talk about it on our podcast? I think we skimmed it. We skimmed it? Yeah. It, oh, okay. Yeah, we can talk about Captain Sonar because it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's super good. It's made by Asamade. Asamade. Asmodee. Asmode. <laughs> I've been saying it wrong for so many years. It's all right. Or it's all right. Have. You want me to elevator pitch it? I shouldn't be like... Are you seriously going to elevator pitch it? I hate elevator pitches. I know I'll, you do. I, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll elevator pitch it. All right. What, well, what does the audience want me to be? Captain Sonar. That's yeah. good. What's your name, sir? Henry. Henry. I like Henry. Henry's got the good ideas. I'm so bad at accents. <laughs> You'll be fine. Just pretend. Just shh, get a lot of shh in there. The last Sean Connery. All right. From the Red October. And yeah. then do that. Yeah, and don't forget to ding wait, yourself. Wait, talk like Sean Connery real quick. Shut your shh. You don't do Sean Connery. You do Sean Connery from the old SNL sketches. Do yeah. that for me real quick. Where he's like, ah, Trebek, I fucked right. your mother. I like- <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All that's right. what it was like. I don't know. That's, that's, that's the joke. Yeah. No, that's true. I think that's very true with the Chewbacca impersonations. The worse your Chewbacca impersonation, the better. You so, have a great Chewbacca impression. I have the best Chewbacca impersonation, let it be known. All right. Let's hear it. Oh, I guess I have to because we... All right. <laughs> 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 
See? Pretty good. I mean, you guys could tell who he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, All right. I'm going <laughs> to... You can ding yourself whenever you want, man. Are you, you going to give, give me the music? Sure, yeah. All right. Oh, let's see if I can... I'm not going to be as good as Logan, but here, I'll try. All right. I'm dinging myself. Ding! I'm Sean Connery of selling you elevator pitching the uh, Captain Sonar. Uh, this is kind of, is he British? I'm British. And, and it's a game, it's Battleship, but better. And by better, I mean it's two teams of four people that are commanding a submarine. And I'm not looking at the audience because I don't want to laugh. And one person is a captain, the other person is making sure the ship doesn't break. The other person does something, and the last person listens to the other team. The goal is to blow up their ship. What's great is that you're drawing lines and just shooting in the dark, and I do that a lot in my movies. And... <laughs> And yeah, if you like Battleship, but with groups, that's why you would get it. Ding. <laughs> Very good, man. That was great. Wow. Yeah, I could tell who you were. Yeah. <laughs> Whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a really great game, but I, I think they're sold out. Of that they're sold too. out? I think so. I'm bummed. I'm bummed. I didn't see any copies when I walked through their booth. This brought, so I, I think we talked about this before, this brings up cannibalization with games. And one yes. of the worst things you can do as a company is have a game that cannibalizes your other game unless you stop printing the previous game. Like, you don't want two games that are so similar that they actually compete with one another. But besides within your own company, when we played Captain Sonar, we realized, oh, we're never going to play these other games ever again because it's just like them except better. See, Alan doesn't like to throw games under the bus. But I will. The other games are Space Cadets and, and Space Cadets Dice Duel. I think that Captain Sonar cannibalizes both of those. Yeah. It's the Space Cadets killer. It yeah, is. Yeah, I think Space Cadets Dice Duel is better and more similar to Captain Sonar, where Space Cadets Dice Duel is two teams rolling dice to quickly make their ship move and then attack the other ship. And Captain Sonar, again, is the same thing, except minus the dice and just talking. Like, I want to go north. I want to go north. Okay, I want to go south. And so both teams are doing that, and one person on each team is listening to then try to pinpoint where they are. But where Dice Duel is, you can always see the other person, and you're rolling dice quickly. It's nonstop, and it's almost exhausting and stressful. Where Captain Sonar, you can actually take a break and just listen to the other team and go, all right. I know where you're going. Yeah, Especially it's a valid that, strategy to actually just wait there, just like real submarines. Like I know, <laughs> like like the not theme move. actually the theme makes like so much sense. And I'm not saying Dice yeah. Duel's theme doesn't, but I think just the theme and what you're doing in the game puts you into the seat better. There's some really ridiculous parts too, because when you have to repair your ship, there's an actual it uses dry erase boards, and that's the gimmick basically that makes it fun. But the repair the yeah, ship... Yeah, dice are so 2015. I know, right? Who needs those? So the repair is an actual picture of a submarine, your submarine. It's a blueprint. And it's divided into segments. And you have to outline 
the submarine without crossing any of the lines. So it kind of goes back to your drawing slash coloring skills. And then you have to pass it to the next player who has to do it. In the meantime, you can't do anything. So this is when you surface. That's too. cool. It's super cool. And it's super stressful because if you go over the line, then you have to start all over again. Damn. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Is it like operation or? You, so you have to, the other engineer from the other submarine has to approve it. So when we're done, you hold it up over these um, Screen. screens. The yeah. binders. The binders, yeah. The binders <laughs> divide the two. And then they have to give you the okay. So the other team has to okay it. I do know what the big problem is with the game. There is one big problem with it. It's sold out? Besides that. It's not two for 20? Uh, it's not two for 20. It's probably expensive. I don't know what it goes for. I'd imagine 60 is probably what I'm going to imagine. Yeah. That, that's a good educated guess. Here's the problem. Everyone wants to be the radio operator. Yeah, it's the best role. It's the best role. Radio operator is the best, where you simply listen in to the other captain, because the captain has to shout directions, north, north, because it's battleship, so you have this grid you're keeping secret, but you don't know where on the grid they are, so the captain draws this line north, west, north, west. The radio operator just hears them and starts drawing on a grid, but the grid is actually a transparency that's loose from the dry erase board, so he has to start, he or she has to start moving the sheet to see if it fits in because if they're going through an island that's not possible so anyways everyone wants to figure out where they are it's fun that's cool yeah, it's it is really super cool. cool it's uh four to eight players and then if you don't want to do the real time or you don't have enough players there's actually a turn-based mode which is like smaller maps and turn-based for like two players or four players and for all we know that sucks dick because we never even tried yeah, it yeah we, we haven't tried it but we yeah. played it twice in a row it was that good yeah because yeah. I, and i feel like that's a good caliber to rate a game because sometimes when I play a game, it's, all right, that was good. You guys want to play something else now? Right. Sure. Now, sign of a good game. Want to play again? Yeah. Awesome. I got a segment I'd like to try out. Okay. It's called Embarrassing Things Our Volunteers Did in Our Hotel Room Last Night. <laughs> yes. Yes. This sounds amazing. Why don't you go first, SBJ? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I wasn't invited. You want to tell this story? I'd love to. Can I get the green light? All right. Uh, <laughs> Thumbs up from our volunteer that knows we're about to talk about him. So we got about five people to a room right now, two people on beds, one person on an air mattress, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. um, pretty common for Gen mm -hmm. Con. Once you're an exhibitor, we're not sleeping in like 20 people rooms anymore or in the back of a Jeep like we used to. We, we've done that. We, we once went into a room. We mm -hmm. were sharing it with 20 other people. Not exaggerating. When we went in, because after hosting two rooms in a boom, we opened up the door, someone was in the bathtub, someone was in the bathroom floor, and when we opened the door to get into the room, we actually bumped someone. It was that full. It was disgusting. Anyways, keep So going. we slept in a Jeep. So anyway, we slept in the Jeep. It's yeah. always fun getting to know each other's picadillos and things like that. Right. And uh, Alan is what we call what's a, a What's a picadillo? A picadillo is like an armadillo made With out a of pickle. pickles. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, glad that went over well. Right. Uh, <laughs> Alan's kind of a prankster, I guess you could say, right? What? Yes. Yes, Alan's a prankster. And so the other night, what did you do? So we're all, lights are out. Mm -hmm. It's pitch black. And I hear our volunteer slash game designer, Ben, Den ben Canellis, gets out of his bed to go to the bathroom. And I think, oh, this is perfect. So I get out of my bed, and I just crawl into his while he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and what I've learned from this trip, one thing more than anything other, is that 
Ben is the best person to pull any prank on. Because he came back and his reaction was so over the top. Uh, yeah, he screamed pretty loudly and freaked out more than I could even plan. Like, in my mind, I'm thinking, this is a win for me. You're if picturing he, like a, huh, Yeah, they're ah, like, oh, you, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Oh, whatever, like, ah, get out of here. That's a win for me. But what I got was so much more. What'd you get? I got a, whoa, what the fuck is that? Uh, 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 uh. Uh, and here's the best part. Best part. I, I, I know this is a podcast. The physicality of like leaping back is one. But also afterwards, laughter. Like that's the good sign. Not like, you mother. And he's like, <laughs> he's laughing too. He's like, cool, cool. Which is the invitation to keep on doing these things. <laughs> So everybody goes back to sleep, right? Because we have to get up in the morning, and maybe a couple hours pass, right? It's four in the morning. It's four in the morning now. Mm -hmm. Alan decides to get up and go to the bathroom. It was one of those things where I woke up uh, from dreams where I really had to pee. Like I'm running around and I'm trapped, and I know we've all been there, male and female alike. Like I have to pee so bad, uh, and your dreams are all about it. And I woke up I'm like, oh yeah, this is because I really have to pee. I'm not sure if it, for those listeners. Where was that story going? That's why I had to wake up. Oh, okay. I had to wake Got up it. to go to the bathroom. Because I'm drinking a lot of water. I'm, they shouldn't ever give me water here. So you get up to go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're walking to the bathroom, and something happens. Yes. What happens? So apparently, Ben has to share a bed with another one of our volunteers, and this volunteer snores, which mm -hmm. apparently vibrates the entire bed. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if you know the princess and the pea. Sure. If you don't, you can just call it Ben and the snoring neighbor. But so Ben decides he's going to sleep on the floor. Yeah. And his idea is he doesn't want anyone to really know. So he's going to sleep on the floor, but mm -hmm. wake up and crawl back into a bed with our other volunteer. So no one's the wiser. But he decides to sleep right in front of the bathroom. So you. No idea. You run right smack dab into just him. Just kick him. Just, just boom. Just walking. Uh, it's four in the morning, pitch black, and I just boom, kick him. Now you have to be thinking to yourself, like, what the fuck? Like, you have to be a little surprised. I'm scared. I did not get a chance to be scared, though, because all of my fear was instantly sucked away from the best scared reaction I've ever seen in my entire life. Because I'm thinking the best scared reaction, like startled reaction ever in my life, would be something that lasts like a solid five seconds. Like, <laughs> we're talking 10 seconds. <laughs> Pure fear comes out of Ben, our volunteer, and he starts screaming, and we all wake up again. And the classic line that will forever haunt him, and I love him to death for, is, Who are you? Who the fuck are you? Who are you? Who are you? Like, it's Alan. Who are you? Who are you? But he's got earplugs in because he can't of the hear story. the answer. So he can't hear that it's Alan. But he's on the floor, and again, I can't do this on the podcast, but he's on the floor and he sits up and he does this crab walk backwards into the corner where he's crawling up it. <laughs> the entire time. And he stops for a second. I'm like, it's Alan, it's Alan. And he's looking around. Who are you? And just keeps on going. It's so fi finally, he gets, you know, he gets calmed down, and we realize that what Ben thought you were was a giant, giant hairy spider. spider. <laughs> <laughs> Alan's hairy. He does not have eight legs. <laughs> um, of course, my reaction was, I wake up and I immediately go, stop fucking with him, man. <laughs> Thinking that Alan's woken up again in the middle of the night. To break back. 
Not that this was a purely innocent two ships crossing in the night. Right, sure, sure. But the be beautiful thing was it was a chain reaction because everyone was scared to death in the room because <laughs> there's something, there's nothing more scary than someone who believes that they are going to die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that is very scary. Uh, all right. Well, we have about. Ten minutes left because we want to be polite for the Great, next people. Great, because this story only takes about twelve more minutes. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> we want to be polite to the next people that are using this room. Uh, let's open it up to questions. If you have, if you guys have any questions, any board game related questions, or any questions non-board game related questions, it's interaction satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Alan's dad's a doctor, so we can look at spots or cuts and give you our medical opinion. You know, yes, whatever. Exactly. He's retired, so now it's illegal if he does it. So mm -hmm. that makes it even better. And if you don't have any questions, that's cool. We'll just end the show early and tell you guys to leave. <laughs> Put you in the driver's seat. Questions? Questions? Yes, you, sir, in the graphic design t-shirt. Uh, sir, those of you who have worked in Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Full-time in game design? Yes. So the question is, for those of us who have more than one job, other than running Tuesday Night Games or doing podcasts, that kind of thing. Right. Do we aspire to do this full time? You wanna you wanna kick it off? Sure. No. <laughs> uh, I don't. I mean, I love game design like nothing else. Uh, but I love. I get this question all the time. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's even the, for even for me. The most common question I get is, "Oh my goodness, you make two rooms in a boom. Are you gonna quit your job once it starts making more money than your full time gig?" And the answer is no, because uh, as much as I love designing games, getting paid to talk in front of a whole bunch of students, that's pretty awesome. Alan's so. a teacher. Yeah. No, people don't yeah. just pay him to go talk in front of students. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go talk in front of students. Yeah, but it's, it's amazing. It's a great question. But uh, it's always in the back of my head, though, that's for sure. It's definitely tempting. So I, I think... Richard Lanius, do you guys all know Richard Lanius who made Call of Cthulhu, or Ar not, no, um, sorry, Arkham, Arkham Horror, Horror, not yeah. Call of Cthulhu, Arkham Horror and all those games, he's made a lot of games, he made uh, Defenders of the Realm, Defenders of, uh, anyways, he has a gilded life because he had a full-time job, and then he was also a game designer, and then when he retired from his full-time job, he just dove into game design even more, and now he's just living off of the retirement while still making money doing his hobby. So that would be an amazing way to go. Yeah. Oh, because he's old. <laughs> he's, he's older, yes. I mean, no, but, but you like the idea of like having a full uh, teaching career, retiring, and then continuing to do game design. Getting all the teaching out of my system so I'm like, all right, I'm done with this, and now I can do that. Because mm -hmm. then the other way around doesn't really, maybe it would work, I don't know, designing games until I get burned out, but this is the hobby part, and so I wouldn't want the hobby part to become more of my the job. Yeah, exactly. I'd rather to retire so I still don't even need the hobby and relax. It's a good question. What about you, Sean? What do you do in, in real life? I'm a freelance graphic designer um, in real life. Uh, but yeah, I would absolutely like to quit and um, not probably design games full-time, but run Tuesday Night Games full-time. Um, get the manufacturing stuff done, uh, make sure all our logistics and everything are right, do art direction, that kind of thing. Um, that's something we're really aiming for, I think, as a company, is to be able to have um, Alan be able to focus 100% on game design, making sure the games um, just are like really high-caliber games that we really want in our lineup, and for me to sort of grow into a role where... Um, 
you know, we have product in stock and we don't have problems with plastic cards, things like that. Yeah. Um, Kickstarters aren't two years late. Right. Kickstarters aren't two years late. Right. Um, but that's actually the exciting part about the company for me because we've actually had opportunities not to sell the company, but certainly to either have somebody else publish two rooms at a boom. We've had opportunities to sell out, basically. Right. Um, but what's fun for me, what the learning process is for me, while game design's a portion of it, it's actually building the company that's really fun to me um, and getting to do that sort of stuff. So I would absolutely love to um, move into doing this full time. Uh, as for me, sorry, we'll get to you in just a sec. Uh, as for me, I, I'm a front-end web developer, and I'm pretty bad at it uh, in my real <laughs> job. So it's still challenging for me to keep learning, and that's why I'm there. If there was more money or I could pay the bills just podcasting for full-time or even doing more with these guys, I would absolutely do it. <laughs> I don't know what faces they made. <laughs> <laughs> they were all like... <laughs> oh, okay. Great. Cool. Uh, you had a question. 4323. The question was, does 4323 mean anything to you? I know it does for me. Is this something about like escaping out of a room? Alright, bring it on up, Ben. This is the same guy that thought I was a human spider. <laughs> Give him some love. Yeah. Ben has given you this is an audio podcast. Yeah, but he has walked up and he has given you Escape the Room, Mystery of Stargazer's Manor. Now, careful, there is the card in there that was missing when uh, I played it with my group. So we should take that out. So you played it in the exact same way that we played it. But isn't it different every time? No, it is oh. not different. Oh. Like, once you play it, it's gone. So instead well, of. Once you play it, you throw it out? Or you give it to SBJ. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, I get sloppy seconds up here. Yeah, and maybe you can pass love. Maybe you can challenge Sean to see if you can okay. do that time. You can Ooh. try. <laughs> what is like our go-to gateway game? Yeah, yeah. For, for me, I think it's Plato 3000. Okay. Because uh, Play to 3000 is like Gin Rummy with powers, one of our favorite games. It may be my favorite game, period, it's, which is It's up there. That, yeah. Uh, for, for sure. And uh, I think what's great about it is that it introduces, it's like a regular card game. You know, so me and my girlfriend played on planes together, all that mm -hmm. stuff. She's not a gamer at all. But just introducing the idea that like you have powers, you know, in a game really helps get her mind, you know, clicking as to the other things. So we can play things like right. Duel together. Um, and then the other one for me is probably King of Tokyo. Oh, um, okay. Is a good, for me, gateway game. It's funny because in SBJ's group, King of Tokyo is the exact same thing as Monopoly. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's an old story. but yeah. Really old story. Those people might be in the audience, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. No, that's, that's funny. What do, you, what do you use, Alan, to bridge the gap? Is it Play-Doh 3000? No, it's probably, if there's enough people that I need to bridge the gap with, two rooms and a boom, as self-serving as that sounds, because it's just... Easy entry, they get it like, oh wow, this is fun. I can't believe this is a game. If it's not that, going with Bruno's Ink and Gold. Yeah. Okay, that's one of my favorite games. So so simple. So simple. Yeah. Werewolf was really easy for me too, back before we had terms in a moment to introduce people. Yeah, in Werewolf. Yeah. I remember I remember the day that I found out that you could buy the Werewolf game because I always just played it without any cards or I'm like, what wow, how did cards work? Oh yeah, I guess you could put the rolls on cards. That's weird. But 
Ultimate oh, Werewolf yeah. Legacy. Ted Elspeck knows how to. He is always on point. It's amazing. Yeah. What about I, you, SBJ? Uh, when I first got into games, it, if it was a bigger group, it would almost always be the resistance. Okay. Because I could say, hey, let's play this party game, except now we're all going to hate each other in about 20 minutes. Perfect. Right. And, and we, we've talked about this to death, but I've gotten away from meme games now because, I, and again, we've talked about this to death, but it's hard for a group to leave the resistance without one or two people feeling salty. Yeah. Yeah. And that's usually me. And <laughs> uh, but like for smaller groups, I usually use No Thanks. Ooh, good one. Which yeah. I think is a great game. Yeah. So yeah, great question. We probably have one or two more. Henry. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I know it's gonna be a good one. With the target thing. Yeah, Machikoro's one. That's interesting. So. I was talking about this with a guy because yep. um, we've been thinking about like how we want to grow the company and what you know whether we want to go through distribution, whether we want to stay kind of indie and renegade mm -hmm. and solo. Um, and somebody was pointing out that Target logo above the like the banner hangies, like now in Target, and that's becoming this thing where indie developers really want to get into the to the big box stores, right? But it's such a backwards way of thinking. One because you don't want to force your way into a big box store before you're ready because you, your word of mouth and your presence isn't large enough that people are even gonna pick up your game when they go to the store. They, don't, they won't even think to go to Target to get your game. You know? So that's a mistaken thing too. But the other thing is like, you should be saying, the game is here right now, come here and buy our game. You shouldn't be pointing people to other retailers when you're at a convention. Yeah, it hurts the con and it hurts people coming when you say like, hey, so glad you're here, go but to you Target. should go to Target. <laughs> like, oh, thanks, I'm not at Target, I'm right here. But Target's being really aggressive right now and picking up smaller games you know mm -hmm. and monikers was there that kind of thing um so i don't think they secretly run things i definitely think they are chasing that market hard here's what i think we're going to see in the coming years this is my strong prediction is that you're going to see the biggest companies trying to consume as many of the indie games as possible because of these cons and people like all of you i'm assuming uh, buying these indie games that are just like two rooms in a boom and uh, anything from Tim Fowers, like Burgle Brothers and whatever, that we're, we're getting enough money to the point where they're missing out on that. And so I think they're losing profits as other companies are gaining it. So again, you're going to see more and more of these um, acquisitions. You, acquisitions. Yeah, yeah, it's just going to be the thing. Could be. Not, not to get well, doom we have and to gloom. Repeat the oh, sorry. Uh, the question was: Is do you think that's because the, there's just the a industry rising game tide. is yeah rising, so that companies want to get in it? Absolutely, that very much could be my theory. Not to get too doom and gloom, is that we're in like a weird bubble because of Kickstarter, and so there's a very large middle section of games. There's a few games at the top that are great. There's a few games at the bottom that are terrible, but there's a large section of games in the middle that are pretty good and finding some audience but it's getting harder and harder to sift through what's pretty good and what's great or, you know, terrible, right? Yeah, I agree. And so there's going to come this sort of weird reckoning now where, you know, people are going to have to sell the company or sell the game or go through a different market or they're going to have to batten down the hatches and weigh out the storm while, you know, consumers sort of readjust to the Kickstarter explosion. I will, I will disagree and agree. I think there's a bubble for shitty games. But I think, uh, there will, I think there will always be these frontline games. Like we talked about cannibalism earlier. 
but because the board game industry is a frontline industry where people want the newest and shiny thing. Because as Quinn's talked about when he was visiting our podcast, we get the satisfaction from the game most when we're opening it from its shrink wrap, not actually from the game itself. So we're chasing that next high of getting the game and it's sharing that with our friends is what we're really doing. So as long as it's good enough to justify going to a con or buying the new game. So I think shitty games will die and then the better and better games will still be there, but there will always be this new game. So I think the board game industry will not deflate but I think shitty games will start disappearing. Sure, yeah. Uh, we need to wrap up. Let's play one more game real quick. I want everyone to take out their phone. Oh. Go to TuesdayNightGames.com. <laughs> <laughs> you stole my joke. I was going to say go to Twitter.com and follow Dragging a Lake. That is me on Twitter. Ah. But I am, I am SBJ. I run this podcast. I also run another podcast called It's Super Effective, which is a Pokemon podcast. And I also run another podcast called Dungeons and Dragon Nights, which is a D&D version with Woo. Pokemon, and it's really awesome, I think, and it's really fun. We finished our first season, so that whole campaign you can listen to from start to finish if you care to do so. That's in iTunes and Google Play and everything. But I'm at Dragging a Lake on Twitter. Sean, who are you? I'm at Sean McCoy, S-E-A-N-M-C-C-O-Y. And Alan? I'm Alan Girding. I'll accept any friend requests on Facebook because I'm lonely. And you can follow me on the tweets at Alan Girding. That's A-L-A-N-G-E-R-Ding. You I'm can... actually getting a lot of spillover from your friend requests. I'm getting a lot of people like friending me. It's like, do I have any mutual friends? Oh, it's just Alan. Just Alan. <laughs> like, deleted. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you're, if you're a Tuesday knave, you probably know how our, our podcast ends. I'm going to say you're supposed to say finish. So when I, when I do the outro... I want you guys to participate. All right. This episode is 